This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 414, Ed Balls. of gamesatwork.biz. This is Michael Martin, one of your three co-hosts, and you'll get to hear from both of those here in a moment. We're excited to bring you your weekly dose of technology, metaverse, games, AI, and all kinds of other fun subjects that we've seen and heard throughout the week. Our links, your links, every links that we can possibly get to in the next half hour. Uh, Michael, let me kick over to you. How, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Michael. Glad to be here and happy to get this show going quickly. Andy, how about you? Yes, I'm also excited to be here. And um, yeah, pretty much what Michael Martin said, we've got a show of uh, show listing that has metaverse games and some, some AI stuff because everything has to have some AI stuff somewhere along the line. Exactly. Uh, that's just the the what we do this um, at this point in the year and at this point in uh, history, I suppose. Everything is AI one way or another. But let's start with um, another big hype cycle thing. Uh, this one is NFTs in Minecraft. Uh, we're starting with a fun article here about how to spend your time in Minecraft with fun and profit playing something called Critters. Mm. And I have to admit, I haven't played critters um i actually did not know much about well, this uh play to earn game before this article well so clickbait right because it's not minecraft oh, it's yeah. it's it, i mean it's a fork of minecraft so it's a modification uh, of the minecraft engine um it's not completely developed from scratch but it adds nfts because why not because uh yeah you it's a it's a play to play to earn version of minecraft so it's and it's brilliant. You pay them, and then you pay them some more, and then you might make $50 a day. <laughs> so the earn is, if you run the platform, they're earning. <laughs> yeah, it's not too um, subtle in terms of how they've implemented it. You know, it's either you you buy or rent a character, and then up beyond that, they've got plots of land uh, which are also NFTs. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, it was it, it was just slimy all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't love it. I, I didn't love it. I mean, I, I was, was unsurprised in the sense that these things keep getting mashed together. But, um, yeah, I, I it's not something that appeals to me as something to work on or, or play. You know, I, I'd much rather play something that doesn't have NFTs involved and may or may not be metaverse connected. Uh, would would you perhaps rather uh, spend your time at a rave uh, instead of in a Minecraft environment? I mean, sure, why not? That I mean, why? I've not, done right? that. I've done that. Well, not a rave, but I've certainly been to music concerts in Second Life in the past and really enjoyed them and got to know the artists and bought their real MP3 files because I enjoyed their music and I could then play them wherever I wanted. Absolutely. So, so our next article, just moving into that for a moment, is um, the Engage. Uh, musical environment for Fatboy Slim, and there's um, this is a TechCrunch article talking about the experience of this game, and we are, are sorry this vi- this music experience. We've had a few of these on here recently, 
And Fatboy Slim is a uh, DJ who has an environment and he takes you on a ride uh, through the metaverse of, uh, I'm hoping, through some of his choosing uh, and through his musical stylings as well. Um, the, the, the way that this was described um, felt a little bit like Oh gosh, what was what was the um the, the most recent one we did? It was a couple two three episodes ago where uh going through the 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 metaverse environment with the hundreds or thousands of people and moving around from one place to another was a was a little disconcerting. That this was a similar thing. It moved you through various environments from a physical virtual sort of environment with the music. I think that this one that one was very specific, as I remember it from a few weeks ago, where they were trying to get lots of you know, massively multiplayer online, many, many objects and people involved in the space. Um, this one, I quite liked the, um, the storyline here in terms of how this came about and the fact that Fatboy Slim, or Norman Cook, the, the musician, uh, sort of said, look, you know, I don't want this to be hung up on reality the whole point of a metaverse is that things can happen there that can't happen in real life so exactly. let's do something fantastical um but uh and it wasn't just a oh and i'm gonna throw this over to a marketing agency and they're gonna build this for me i he was very involved and uh really um engaged um ironically given that the company that helped him do it was uh called, called engage in the whole exercise so yeah so, so staying still with this theme about um, engaging ways of dealing with the metaverse, uh, we have an article in from The Verge. We had a couple of those in this week um, up from the way Meta, the company Meta, has improved their avatars. Uh, uh, it does make the, it, it does make the claim too that you still won't see yeah. the legs of these avatars well, in Horizon Worlds, in which is kind of funny. And in fact, you won't see these in VR either, um, because all these improvements are. <laughs> Outside of Horizon Worlds, they're uh, they're in pit profile like, pictures and stickers and, yeah, other and badges and. <laughs> um, now I, I think my my view is that Microsoft pioneered sort of more diverse and inclusive avatars with Xbox Live um, a number of years ago and it did a really nice job there. This is feels more like Meta trying to catch up to where Microsoft is, but not then using the actual assets in anything other than. Uh, a sort of a badging um, environment so disappointing but um you know but apparently legs are coming and we were told that before so we'll we'll, so, we'll find out so is it is the fact that we've had more and more less exciting slash disappointing announcements about metaverse technology over the last few months a good sign that either Either the hype is dying and the whole thing will die off or the hype is dying and now we'll get into the real meat of doing the things that are necessary for a metaverse to be a real thing. I think it's a, th a third option, which you didn't mention, which is the hype Hype is dying because the hype has switched to AI and therefore and LLMs. <laughs> therefore, all of these companies having slashed their workforces uh, are now doing what they can on the LLM side of things rather than on the metaverse side of things. Now, that could lead to what you just alluded to, which is actually where they're still engaged in metaverse activities. They may be doing things more concrete and at a useful level than doing something flashy. 
but I have a very cynical view of uh, this current climate. And um, unfortunately, I think that it's a sign of um, change priorities rather than it's, uh, anything it's else. the trough of disillusionment. I don't know whether it's a, it's a trough of investor disillusionment. I don't know whether it's the trough of technic- technology well, disillusionment. Well, well, I know you guys are going to get – well, I won't say I know. I hope you guys get really annoyed with me in about a month and a half. Uh- <laughs> well, why do we need to wait that long? <laughs> <laughs> because hopefully by then I'll have an Apple headset, and then I'll be all hyped about uh, AR and VR and uh-huh. talking metaverse again, and then uh, maybe you know we'll see. But who knows? Who knows? Well, you can be our special correspondent yes, in, uh, in yes. Apple Land, Apple uh, Apple Meta Land, Apple Appleania, Apple Apple R, Apple uh, Apple XR, Apple Arcadia. Arcadia. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could 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 be all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, you know, I saw something. Um, it, it may have been even this morning about how Mark Zuckerberg, uh, on your point, Andy, that things have pivoted to AI pretty hard. That Meta has, um, through Mark's comments, said that yes, we we've been doing uh, Metaverse all along with AI, and that was all, all together. Right, you know, yeah. the appropriate thing. Well, so well, so. Michael, you can be our um, spokesperson on other things as well, because it, uh, we gather that you've actually tried out this game that we spoke about briefly before, oh, but uh, right. but humanity, yes. right? And with this kind of yes. bridges off from the the multi, uh, you know, the massively multiplayer. Um, actually, not massively multiplayer in this case. Just it's more massively about how many people we can things. put in a space. So there's an article we saw on Polygon this week. That talks about the early release of um, humanity before it um, is widely yeah, available. We, we we talked briefly about this on the show. I want to say like a couple of months ago, mm, and um, they so. they had a a week long open beta on Steam, okay. um, and uh, it, what I found really interesting is in this article they actually talk about the history of the game itself. You know, yes. five. Five years that they worked on it. It was kind of a hobby project in a way, a technology mm-hmm. demo. Um, and the the game itself, when I played the beta, there were two phases to the beta. The first one was just uh, I want to say it was like ten levels, um, and it was it was unbelievably uh, relaxing and uh, and kind of zen like because you just had this this army of people. And you had a little dog, and the dog would tell the people which way to go. You know, go forward, jump on this, fly over that. It looks a lot like Lemmings. It's exactly like Lemmings, except you have one Lemming who controls them all, and it's this dog. Right. And, And you do things like... Put down a a jumper, right? And then any of the little humans that hit that right. would jump up and arch over something. You have uh, uh, all kinds of different little things like that. And then there's there's these giant golden people that you unlock and try to get them through the maze uh, of each level. And so there were ten levels of that in the first first half of the beta. Uh, the second half was testing out the build your own level environment okay? Oh, okay and so that's one of the exciting things that they show in in the upcoming release is you know thousands or hundreds of hundreds and or thousands of custom built levels that people have built themselves i did not get into the levels where you have the uh, humans shoot each other <laughs> nice. um, 
Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because it's a nice bridge. It's, I mean, I'm still interested in trying humanity, but it's a nice bridge to our next uh, our next news item, actually, which uh, yeah, you both picked up on this week about uh, the Red Cross. Uh, Doing something to wants do with- to avoid doing having war crimes being right. committed inside of game but, environments. Well, they they want to put the, the rules of uh, modern warfare into war games that you play on PCs, um, where if you go outside of those bounds boundaries of rules, then you're a war criminal. <laughs> uh, right. And 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 I actually thought you know uh, the the article that we found earlier this week uh, from uh, Timothy Geigner. Um, well, actually hit it for me and that is i play games to escape <laughs> to do something that's not real world just like the, the the discussion that we had at the beginning with the uh, fat boy slim right right you, you go to the members to do things that are not real to extend the boundaries do things outside of your comfort zone do things that are fantastical or or alter ego or 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 whatever right catharsis um and th- the whole point here is do you really want to have, quote, war games uh, that make you a war criminal if you play the game outside of rules? <laughs> hmm. Well, it depends on who is calling those things out, I think, in, in at least in my mind, right? There are some games that if you play them in a pacifist mode, that unlocks certain characteristics and things that you otherwise wouldn't get. And the humanity game, to me, I, I, I don't know that I would feel it as relaxing as you described it, Michael, because the purpose there is you want to get the masses of humanity across whatever challenging, dangerous situation with losing as few people. It doesn't matter how possible, many you lose. Right. It doesn't matter. There's an infinite yeah, well, number of people. I, I, it's time. You know, I, 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 I get the... I get the uh, feeling that maybe they don't get it in terms of gaming, but I'm I don't necessarily. The more I think about this article and and what the the goals are or seem to be here, it seems to be more making it a point rather than you know in t- telling everybody this is the only way you should play games, and using the medium of some Twitch influencers and having them play some games by the rules of of real warfare or engagement or um, behavior to um, drive home the point that bad things happen in real life rather than none of us should have fun. So, yes, I agree that we've gone around the whole psychology of playing games is a, in uh, people who play games lead to doing bad things in real life kind of argument that we've we've heard many times in the many past. Times. But um, I'm Horrible not so argument. sure that yes. that's how we should necessarily interpret this. I also think that realistically, some of the rules that they, 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 they incorporate it down to four rules, right? And, and one of them is use med kits on everyone, which technically can't be done in, well, technically through the rules of the game can't be done in many games because they don't let you go and give your med kit to someone else. You collect med kits to use on your own first person right. character. So I just found it. Uh, less uh, it, controversial, I think, than maybe both of you did. I, I didn't see it as controversial so much, uh, Andy. But my, my my thought here was was very much along the lines that you were introducing. Like, if you think about all of the issues that have been involved around Grand Theft Auto mm. and other games, mm. where those 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 game environments are very open, you can do things to environments and non-player characters and a whole range of stuff that are um, not necessarily. <laughs> 
part of getting the storyline straighter through. Um, to me, th this is one of the ways that folks who don't understand games and understand the notion that this is a fantastical world, it's an escape from reality, Michael, as you said, it's easy for folks to point to it and say, see, look, this is the bad things that happen when people play these games and therefore jump to the next conclusion. Okay. So I, that, that's, that's, where, that's where it made me um, think about it. I can't imagine that there's going to be like an IRC international red cross approvals, mm. uh, uh, you know, element on games or a set of code that says, if you execute this right. game and follow these rules, you now win. And maybe you get some IRC badged, you know, collateral for your avatar in meta. Maybe, I don't know. Right. I, I don't think it's going to go there. Yeah. I, I, I think if you're playing a first person shooter, right. And I don't like first-person shooters. <laughs> I don't play them. Uh, then, then the whole thing of uh, you know, don't shoot down players or unresponsive enemies. Uh, that's what people do, right? You camp on a body and you wait for them to res and you kill them again because you're going to level up. You're a horrible, um, horrible human. Exactly, say that. which is why I don't play those games because that's what usually happens to me. I suck at them. I walk out. I get killed, and I'm landed right where somebody can just camp. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's not great. That's bad for you. The bad experience for you that doesn't draw you in. Uh, on the flip side, I have similar problems too. So I, I've talked to you guys about my Lego Star Wars game on the Switch, and I enjoy playing that a lot. One of the things that you do in that game is any item that is you made out of it. Lego bricks, you can bust it, and you can get um, points for doing so. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's it, th those creations are really cool. But in order to advance the story, I've got to destroy Lego creations, which is weird. Yep. All right. Anyway, um, let, let's let's move along. Well, we have a, a quick toucher here on um, on Snapchat, which is not quite a game, but the, there are you know ways of of playing with Snapchat. And we've talked very very briefly a couple of weeks ago about how um, Snapchat has introduced an AI interface that you can incorporate into your chats with your friends and others. Um, it used to be part of a paid subscription. Uh, the interesting thing about this article is if you don't want that AI pinned to the top of your friends, um, you need to be on a paid subscription in order to remove it. Yeah, uh, which is kind of a, uh, a, a an interesting thing. You, you, we've seen that with ads, right? Pay to remove ads. Um, are we going to see pay to remove AI? It's the uh, end shitification of the, the the platform. It's the same. Well, it's not the same, but um, Twitter this week, I think, uh, stopped you from searching unless you you're at least signed in. And I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't doubt that they then introduce it that you can only do that if you're a paying subscriber. We'll see. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking of it the exact same way of, uh, and we talked about this years ago, uh, how the safe driver insurance, right? Put this adapter in your car and your rates will go down so that they could eventually get yep. to the point where they mm -hmm. flip it. So if you don't have it, your rates will go up. It's the same thing with this. Here's a feature that you get if you pay for it. Now, man, people don't really like it. You got to pay to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our next story is is in the AI uh, area and um, is a longer conversation. And actually, it was recommended to me by one of our listeners, who happens to be also my wife. And uh, it's written by a friend of both of ours so that uh, we both met and got to know independently. Um, we're both great friends with with, with him, uh, Paul Squires, who um, is in the UK, and he's written a really good piece on his Medium blog about uh, how 
the humanities subjects, so social sciences, really have the opportunity to shine and shape the way that AI is useful and is used. What did you both think about this one? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yep. I I enjoyed it, and I was just reading through the history of, of his uh, journey in tech. Yeah. And... Uh, same in in many ways it parallels some of mine so i i thought it was kind of cool one of the things that paul mentions at the beginning is that his uh his introduction to computing was the zx81 sinclair and uh, that reminded me that i gave a talk at one of his events uh, probably 10 years ago or something like that i think it was the 20th or 30th anniversary of, of one of those 8-bit platforms i think it was the spectrum um that i gave a talk at um so yeah it was super fun to to read um, and look at how uh, people with non-traditional tech backgrounds, myself included, which is obviously nice, uh, a nice reinforcement for myself as a, as a historian to think about how um, different ways of thinking, different backgrounds, different ways of analyzing information, judging whether something might be accurate, uh, the sort kind of sources that information has come from uh, is, uh, is suddenly really really, really uh, useful in, in the in the world where we are using these digital means to merge uh, different sources and uh, come up with new ideas or not, um, or come up with accurate or inaccurate ideas. So it's a, it's a three or four minute read on Medium. Um, thoroughly recommend it. It also reminded me of something else that came across my radar this week, which is that Kent Beck, um, who's pretty famous in the software uh, space, um, as the father of extreme programming, uh, finally tried ChatGPT, having uh, avoided doing so for a while, and uh, tweeted and then uh, wrote a post um, that 90% of his skills are now worth zero, and uh, he was really worried. And he, the interesting part about it is, I think my friend James Governor uh, commented on this as well, that Kent doesn't go on to say which are the 10% right. that retain <laughs> their value, because those are things that you have to sort of organically then figure out. You have to Google uh, those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in those will surface, uh, you know, both of these articles revolve around the same subject. And, and what I think is really, really important these days is that we've had such the focus on IT skills and the importance of technical skills being crucial to uh, the development and the economic prosperity of individuals for, for quite a while. And the point and the fact of the matter here is in a matter of literally just a few weeks and months, we've been able to see that the ability to properly articulate a prompt, which is different than the way to properly format code, has um, has developed into something that is of enormous value and that is not necessarily something that is in the wheelhouse of someone who is an experienced full-stack code developer it, as, it, the, as what they do. Absolutely, and there's been some really good stories uh, posted recently about both prompt and, in fact, I think it was, um, uh, oh, the guy that created one of the virtualization technologies um, posted about uh, prompt engineering and how it's not just about uh, writing, uh, changing the question every 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 time you ask a question. It's, uh, um, uh, was it Matt Mitchell, the guy that did that? Anyway, I, I digress, I digress. Um, I was gonna though, however, jump forward um, in the interest of time uh, because I think it connects to this that um, 
there's been this story this week from The Verge uh, where people are identifying AI-generated spam in user reviews on different platforms such as Amazon. So um, I woke up, I think, yesterday morning, or no, Wednesday morning, and read somebody saying that his new game was searching on Google um, as an AI language model, in quotation marks, followed by site colon Amazon.com to find all of the reviews that were written by AI. And I was talking to my wife about this and, and finding some on Amazon.co.uk, and she said, "Well, so are people not checking?" And I said, "Well, no. They, you know, I can I can see the 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 logic of the code. It's find random product that we want to juice on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, ask ChatGPT to write a review, and then immediately post that 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 content, um, regardless of having checked it. Um, so a lot of these things literally say that in the middle of the review, um, which is." Disappointing. They also, I, I will note, come come from apparently verified purchases, which I found very interesting. Yeah, uh, that part is yeah. problematic on every front. Absolutely, I mean, you can say that there's a watermark, then uh-huh. the watermark is the phrase as an yeah. AI language model, but it's also just as easy to write a prompt that says, "Do not include that okay. watermark." Not necessarily. It, it just shows it, it. It shows the 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 importance. I think, and and we. I was hoping we'd get to this earlier, um, the importance of a humanities education, right? The ability to think and talk in complete sentences and to describe things as requirements, all these together, and then to understand the the output of your work in such a way that you can describe it to somebody else in a meaningful and consumable way. And so, you know... Getting rid of the watermark just says you understand your requirement well enough to define it in such a way that it doesn't show the watermark, right? And it, it, it's gotten to the Andy, you used the term earlier from uh, from the one book, the inshitification of it's just people being lazy, right? <laughs> it's it's it, it would take thirty seconds more to write your prompt to not make it sound like it's a prompt, right? Well, fraudsters are going to get better being fraudsters, right? And trying to create an, a fraudulent review written by AI that's being presumed to be a user, a real person, is a problem on every level. I, I would say on the education front, Michael, one of the things that I've been able to learn here recently, and, and this comes from a visit to Harvey Mudd out in Claremont, um California, Harvey Mudd is one of the universities or colleges there. Their program around engineering is very much around a humanities-based technical education. So they're creating engineers with that benefit. Um, I see that as being an important, important way of the future. And I was really intrigued by their philosophy. Um, I know we're close on time. Any, any final comments team before we wrap up for the week here um well super sad that we didn't get through everything that we had on our slate uh one fun thing that uh, we saw on slash film this week uh, without going into lots of detail and discussion is the new lego indiana jones uh sets that have uh been released and they go back to the, the original uh uh series of indiana jones uh uh, movies so uh, but they've got some really fun yeah. interactive elements in there which are fun to to look at so do take a look at that uh link yeah, and story d- on our blog yeah and and the other one you know i'm i'm uh just just a shout out to the uh the japanese team that tried to land on the moon this week uh, yeah found an article about uh, their unsuccessful moon landing um it best they can tell from uh before it it ended was uh, probably out of fuel 
within feet of landing on the moon. Sucks. Uh, which is a shame, but really exciting to see uh, those landings attempted. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we've run out of time, folks. So uh, we look forward to hearing what you think of our show. Do uh, contact us via comments on the website or uh, post on Mastodon or just uh, send us a pigeon or something. Uh, we always enjoy those. They're very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> if when cooked properly yes yeah. have a good see one next everybody. Time, everybody see ya cheers you've been listening to gamesatwork.biz the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the blueberry podcasting network and would like to thank the band random encounters for their song big blue you can follow us on twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz at